too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we. That wasn't a great pod, was it? You want to run it back? Anyone's gotten that song yet? Episode two oh five of Golflandia. A couple people DM me for it. I gave it out. I thought I'd give it another run because it's such a slapper. So here we are. Golflandia two oh five, the Honda Classic Week. How about that? How about that? I was just um, checking my Twitter's account because I put out a tweet about The Office being a tragically, The Office series being a tragically unfunny rom-com and I'm getting absolutely murdered. (laughs) So, I mean, I I thought, okay, what's the most controversial thing I can say on a Tuesday afternoon? And that was it. It's a split decision. Like, either you hate The Office or you love The Office. And and, and full full disclosure, I've never seen it. (laughs) I'm just here for the violence. I've never seen any movies or any shows or anything on Netflix or Sopranos or anything. So when you put a GIF of a movie in reply to something on Twitter for me to understand what you're talking about, I have no idea what you mean. And there were a ton last weekend. I have no idea what you're talking about. There was one that meant Joel Damon. I had to get like three people involved to figure out what this reply to me was. Toe Tag and Tambo did one, by the way. He's on monocle alert. A couple of interesting tweets from old Toe Tag and Tambo. Big old monocle, which is a new bit on Twitter. He did one, a reply to me, of a steak getting covered in butter. This was a week ago. I still have no idea what he was trying to say. So I'm just going to say it was... Johnny Buttermeat. That's it. Barrel cut. (laughs) Nathan and I have this thing that we're just going to go to a restaurant and no matter what we order, steak, salmon, Cobb salad, we're going to ask for it barrel cut just to see how long. Because they'll go back to the kitchen and be like, I'll check on the, see if the chef can barrel cut that for you. Such an evil bit. There will be no Don DK contest this week, or perhaps ever, largely because I run my mouth on Twitter at night. Uh, this time, DraftKings was in the sight lines, and someone a lot of the, a lot of the times I just sort of go. I don't mean to go off. I just like healthy debate, and there's some things that bother me. I mean, the stock's in the tank. People are pissed. Everyone's, a lot of people are texting me. We talk about this stuff often. People have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on it. I just had some ideas that were, I thought were constructive 
that could help. But sometimes I don't say it in the most eloquent matter. That's why I don't work for a corporation. But I did think it would be constructive. I would never, ever on my Twitter account ever mean to malign, subtweet, or hurt anyone that didn't deserve it. But sometimes my content doesn't work out for me often. Um, and in my good friend Ethan, who is in marketing at DraftKings, who is just a divine, super nice human being, and we're friends, he, he sort of took exception to what I was saying, and understandably so. Um, and we talked the next day, buried the hatchet, whatever. But what a night that was, anyway. You know, they believe it's a media company. I think it's more of a sports entertainment company centered around sports betting, which is 96% of their rev, but hatch is buried, end of that. I I like Ian. I admire him, respect him. Um, I've done a lot for him and them, in my opinion, and he's done a lot for me, no questions asked, period. Ethan Shibb. Um. He did say I should have moved to YouTube sooner, which someone reminded me of that today. I just have too much personal shame to ever do that. I only do content because I actually like writing content. Like, for instance, The Office Gambit, which I wrote today just to get reactions. I, you know, I, Otherwise, I, I just could never do that. If someone wanted me to do that and did it for me, I perhaps could do it, but I could never... I could never start that myself being on YouTube. And at one point in my life, yes, I probably wanted the attention. At this point, not so much. So, who knows? But me and sweet Willie Brinson may have something up our sleeves. You never know. That's mostly on my end. Maybe, I don't know. Get some networks involved. Who knows? That's me. That's me saying that, not anyone else. Which, by the way, speaking of Willie Brinson, who is an excellent follow on Twitter, very funny individual, um, we were on, the, on a call, and we'll get to golf in a second. We were on a call separately but simultaneously with AT&T on their customer service thing, which if you have dealt with AT&T and customer service, it's a 45-minute to three-hour adventure no matter what you're trying to do. So... We text, we shared notes at the same time while we're on a call for separate issues. And he texts me and says, I think the lady at AT&T I'm talking to is on a sailboat. This was just when I was wrapping up my call and I was getting a little hot and heated because I I just don't have time in the day to deal with this stuff. It was hour three, it seemed, with AT&T. And I was at the throwing chairs point in the call. And at the end, and I was, I was not super friend, I was not cruel, but I was not super friendly. At the end of the call, he goes, hey, congrats. You're the customer of the day. I only give three of these out. You're the customer of the day. And I go, what the fuck that mean? He goes, and I shit you not, he goes, nothing. I totally made it up. <laughs> Which I'm now an AT&T customer for life. So just to get me off the phone... And for me to stop being a big baby boy, he goes, you're the customer of the day. I go, yeah? He goes, no, not really. I made it up. <laughs> oh, I love AT&T. Uh, the Saudi thing is clearly dead. And 
I don't, I mean, the truth will come out. The statements by Phil and Bryson were, you know, Bryson's was extremely cleverly agent uh, written, knowing that there could be things that come out that could be contrary to a statement that he probably want to put out. But it's a it's a nightmare of a of a sort of a brand decline for Phil at least, and perhaps Bryson and others. Who knows? But um, they're going to do a Netflix series on this, I imagine. And that was the, what I said last week. I mean, I mean, listen, there are very well resourced and sourced people telling a lot of people that these guys were signed. So. I'm sure the truth will come out. Someone will ask them the question. But the play was, as I said last week, for them, and I think they did the, at least DJ and others did the calculus on this, seeing the PR heat during the Riviera, and DJ looked extremely distracted. The play was, are you more beloved as a tour, quote, star than the PGA Tour is? And that question was answered. Thoroughly. Speaking of DJ, Bamford said, being world number one formerly, not Steve Bamford, but DJ. And by the way, follow Steve Bamford on Twitter. He's a gem. His stuff is so good. His team, his golf betting systems, it's incomparable. Incomparable? Incomparable? Does that fit in this context? Let's roll with it. Bamford said how no number one on tour has won as number one since 2020. So I am done with with chalk, high-priced, ROM-like top 60s. I can't be suckered into that. I just have to completely fade and own that. Like, look at this field this week. What's the chalk going to be? Projected. M. Horschel... Uh, Keith Mitchell, regular Keith Mitchell, not killer Keith Mitchell. That is nails on a chalkboard, and it's coming back. The killer Keith. I can, for some reason, the K-I-L-L-A-H, Keith Mitchell, is like Q-tip in my ear. But those are the top three chalk. And not one bet out there I've seen is without a non-winning Euro on it, Fleetwood Usti. Usti's South Africa's not in Europe, I just realized. But you, you see what I mean. People have lost their minds. You don't go... This is the Honda Classic at PGA National. This is where chalk goes to die. And someone asked me, do you have any sort of empirical evidence that supports your chalk goes to die? Yes, my bank account and my brain and my notes. I'm just telling you, if I put it in my notes, it's happened to me before. This is a single, the, the winning scores over the last 10 years have been 6 under, 8 under, 9 under. 6 under, 8 under, 9 under, 9 under 12 under. That is a th- tough course. Third out of 41 last year in difficulty. Why? Because there's water on 15 holes. There's wind. It's c- super fast. It's explosive. It's, it's completely chalk combustion this week. So anything you think is going to happen, the opposite will probably do. Ha- will probably do. Will probably happen. 
So, and, and again, like we're going to talk about stuff here with Ryan and Josh shortly. I changed my mind without, without any exaggeration, five seconds prior to lock. So if I like someone on Monday, I'm not going to probably like him on Thursday just because it's, you know, it's mania. And this is the no picks podcast, by the way. I cannot ethically play in DFS and want to beat everyone's skull in every week and then say, here's a list of my picks and then perhaps not be heavy on them. I'm not doing it. I let other people do that. I am not your tout. Completely different marketplace, completely different podcast. I will never lead you astray, but do what you think's right. No one has any answers. Let's go talk to Josh and Ryan. This, par- this podcast is brought to you by Ponderosa, the best barrel cut steaks east of the Mississippi. <laughs> Which side of the Mississippi are we on? Do we know? People say this side of the Mississippi. Where is the Mississippi? Anyway, best barrel cut steaks you can buy. Cash take loving that round Cream, get the money. Tiger Woods, y'all. Just my my chair because I'm too short now. Oh, now it's the chair. Yeah. Well, yeah, because oh, if I oh look at this now, now I'm right up at the mic and but my feet aren't touching the ground. Okay, so we've had a breakthrough in this show in that we finally figured out why Josh was always quiet because the microphone was pointed at his computer. <laughs> yeah. It was pointed just, towards the, uh, towards the, towards the monitors and just like galaxy a, brain stuff right a, here. away from my face. Yeah. You need to get one of these mics, Ryan. They sound incredible. I have the Yeti. It's the best. Josh. It's pretty good. Well, we should talk to our sponsors about who are the sponsors this week? Oh, this week's sponsors is brought to you by Ponderosa. The Best barrel cut steaks this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> I would, I would, if I had a microphone that looked like a steak, it would be phenomenal. So I was talking to Nathan. We like, we just want to go to a restaurant, and no matter what we order, we're just going to ask for it barrel cut. <laughs> <laughs> and then there, it sounds like something you'd ask for, but it's nothing. Um. All right. So let me talk about the Honda Classic this week. Ryan, you you live down this way, right? I do. PJ National is top three toughest courses on tour. When you get single digit winning scores, and it's been ge- generally the same over the last few, ten years: six, eight, nine, twelve, six, eight, nine, twelve. The course is a brute. Fifteen water hazard holes, heavily bunkered, very fast wind. Um, complete ejections early. The bear trap, which you'll hear over and over and over again, but it truly is a bear trap. You'll never get chalk right. You never get anything right here, but it's a chalk destroyer. And we're going to talk about chalk in a second. Um, but this is a this is a course that's going to take a. It's going to be random. It's going to take a good ball striker, someone who's patient. The greens aren't overly, you've played it, Ryan, overly tough to read, but they're mm-hmm. speedy. And, um, you know, I mean, right now the chalk is M. Horschel and regular, not Killa, Keith Mitchell. It's crazy. And what did yeah. you say before we started in terms of betting? What you've seen? There's... <laughs> 
Yeah. There's a, a non-zero number of Matthew Wolf bets out there, which, uh, yeah, we can talk through that one, but I, I don't understand that angle at all. I bet some bad guys. I mean, don't get me wrong, but some of the worst, that's the worst card I've ever seen, but I hope, you know, you're like an original Fleetwood stand, but yeah. So, I mean, on the course, Matt, I will say, uh, there's not much that I can add to that. Although being here, uh, I can tell you, we haven't had very much rain of late. Um, and the wind has not been quite as bad as normal. So of course that can change when they're on the golf course and it can change quickly. But I think uh, with the lack of rain, the rough may not be quite as bad as it's been in years past. Uh, normally the rough like around the fairway isn't bad, but it does get very lush around the greens. Um, I remember maybe it was the year Luke List got close or maybe it was the year Jamie Lovemark almost won here. But that rough around the green was just absolutely nuts. Um, so that's the one thing that I'll be looking for. But I mean, beyond that, just uh, firm, fast, hard. Can I get this out of the way in terms of Euro tour players? And I said earlier that Louis, Oost- I said that South Africa is in Europe earlier on the podcast. I need to clear that up. It's not. <laughs> but non-winning overseas tour players don't come over when they haven't played in tour in a while and just win at PGA National on the America Tour. It just – that's why it it sort of bewilders me as to why you, especially being a galaxy brain in golf, would pick Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, when Tommy Fleetwood was, was good Tommy Fleetwood, he was bad. Now he's bad Tommy Fleetwood. So, so yeah. I, I had the same sort of take, and I think over the last couple of years, I think it started when Hatton won Bay Hill, and then out of nowhere, Garrett Higo won the Palmetto. I think it can happen. And I'd rather take my chances with guys like uh, Lowry and Fleetwood than, you know, a guy like uh, uh, Nikolai. Hoygaard. Yeah. Where are you starting this week, Josh? You said you said today in a text, and it could have been just irony, that you have the greatest player pool you've ever assembled in your life. Why is that? Well, no, that would be talking to my. That would be a little bit an understatement. Oh, I didn't weird. say it was the best player pool I've ever made. I said it's the best player pool anyone's ever made. <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, well, let's see here. I am, and I probably this is something I may say a lot, but I don't really have any strong stance at the top, other than that I don't think that one of the guys at the top is winning. I but I do think that you're going to need one of them on the optimal lineup. So I am just going to, I mean, M. Usti, Neem, I, I actually think Neiman might be a little under-owned. So if, if that is the case, yes. I like him over any, every, all the other players. He'll be, we don't sub, know. he'll be sub 15%. So, yes. I mean, he's... He's arguably well. I mean, Kepka's an enigma, but Neiman is arguably the best player in the field. Correct. And he, he he's not the most expensive, and he's coming off the best form, and he is not going to be the highest known. So I like that a lot about him. But I haven't cut anyone out at the top. There's no one I really like, and there's no one I really dislike. Um, I don't know what I'm doing with Kepka. Um, but no, I don't really have any strong stance here other than I will be over the field on Neiman if the field is going to be underweight on him. It seems that they are going to be underweight. And I don't think, like, Sanjay is projected 25 plus. I don't see it going down. I think it's going to stay there. 
there are some M freaks out there. And this is a weak mm. Ryan, this is this is a very uh, you know weak I don't want to say weak because these players are good, but it's a for a PGA tour event, I mm. mean Sanjay M eleven K. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it. a lot. It's definitely a lot. But again, and I think Josh made this point to me uh, via text message in our secret group chat, uh, that, that the pricing doesn't really matter as much this week, right? Um, you're just going to play who you want to play. It's going to be ugly. I mean, there really aren't aren't any obvious values, I would say, this week. A lot of the guys who I was hoping to get in the sevens or in the eights or even in the nines. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time getting to him at that price. Um, yeah. And and the twenty five percent ownership. What are you saying? Yeah, I mean, another thing along the lines of this course with its all the water is, I mean, we, every week you talk about uh, don't play the chalk, but I think this week in particular, um, because there's just so much variability mm-hmm. at, with this course, and you even look at it, you know, when when you look at other courses and you want to see who plays this course well, and you pull up the tournament history, you see guys who just have strings of top tens and there's no one's course history who is really remarkable. And you have guys who go like miscut first or, you know, they, they're bouncing back between the top five and a miscut. And it, I think that just speaks to how much randomness is it, it, the water at this course and the difficulty this course brings in, which I think means that more than any other week, I really don't want to play the truck. No. Best course history here, according to Data Golf, Woods, Rose, M. Thomas, on Ben on. Who won last week on the Corn Ferry? Garcia, Westwood, Haggy, Haggy, Henley, Fowler, Webb, Berger. All good short game guys. And yeah, by a lot the of way, guys Berger, that aren't here this week. Well, Berger is, and that's the big question mark, right? I mean, he's sub 20% right now, and I think if there is any, any clarification on the status of his back injury, he would be super chalk. I think he'd be the highest owned by far. But that's sort of suppressing his ownership. Um, going a down lower now in the range that no one will own because they want to own him is the nines. So there's your Fleetwood Wolf magic here, and Lowry's getting some attention as well. But the super chalk is Billy Horschel, which Billy Horschel, as I said to someone on Twitter, is someone who, if you don't play him, he's going to fuck you. And if you do play him at chalk, he's going to fuck you. And that's where we are. So (laughs) what do you do with Billy Horschel? He seems like a good play, but now he's 22%. And he's he's also cutting up Phil Mickelson on the side. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hate Horschel as much as the next guy. <laughs> I just I, hate Horschel in general. Uh, I, mean, I go out of my way not to play him. Um, I bet him, and part of the reason why I did that is so maybe I could fade and not eat that shock. But, I mean, I'll be honest. Over, over the last eight months or so, he's a different golfer. He's like, getting he, better. He hasn't missed the cut since, I think, U.S. Open last year. He won at Wentworth. Um, just has a really solid uh, West Coast swing, although the stats are not good, right? He either does it in the short game or he does it via putting. Like, the ball striking is not there. But it's a guy that I will play on Bermuda, on hard golf courses. And this field is so weak that, like, he is probably one of the six or seven best golfers in this field. And it's hard to say that, but it's true. And I could say, you know, Josh, about M. He M has not been the same M that we've known 
of late. I mean, he just – I don't think he deserves – I'm really surprised he's the highest price golfer in the field and the highest owned. Yeah, I don't – I and I – well, that, the highest owned might just because, I mean, again, as Ryan and I have talked about this, it's not that hard to build lineups this weekend with, I you know – I don't know that everyone is feeling the need to jam in multiple people. So they have the salary spends. So they're going to spend it on him. Um, I don't, I'm not feeling Horschel, um, mostly due to the ownership, but Ryan and Lissa, I mean, I have him not at, doesn't really rate well out at hard courses. I mean, you see something different there? Um, not necessarily. <laughs> He's just a guy that I will target on hard golf courses. He has popped in majors. Um, he is not a guy who's going to make 28 or 30 birdies in a week. Uh, a lot like Patrick Reed. So, no, I don't have the stats to back it up. All right. Well, the, he – I don't know if I will cut – this is the first guy I'd be, Sorry. This is the first guy I'd consider um, cutting. I don't know if I will, but he's the first one that is in consideration for a cut for me. Um, so, Wolf – Mitchell, Horschel are the big names here. Mitchell, I mean, I get it, but now he's, I mean, God, 22%. It's absurd. Yeah, just on just on history alone, really. And you got Matt Jones right next to him, 9K, who's playing better than anyone who's, who won here last year. He's sub seven projected. We are, yeah, we are smashing Matt Jones. If if that yeah, ownership is is accurate, and so, I mean, and you guys just showed me the picture of his wife, so he's got to get a bump up in the model for that too. Does uh, Mito have it? He Mito did. He certainly he proved it last week that he doesn't have it. He doesn't um, have it. Okay, very good. What about Cam Young? Cam Young, he's, he's chalkish. Yeah, Cam, he's. You don't want to miss the boat on Cam Young. Cam, I do feel a little bit bad. I had a lot last week, and I um, and obviously I didn't win anything with it, so that feels a little shitty. But I don't know the the play in here, and this is a it's it's Patrick Reed. That's wow. the play. Do I have any stats to back this up? No. Very, <laughs> very, very few. It's an ownership play. You don't need a stats. Well, stats. it's fine. It's one that. And it's one that he just plays difficult courses very well. I know that, as Ryan will point out, that that's those are stats from years ago when he was actually good. But you're giving me a multiple time winner, a major winner, a guy who can play a tough course well, who is going to be at such small ownership that it's just not. It's like it just you just it's a faith play. All right. You so see and. Yeah, because here's here's who's sucking his ownership out, other than Mito, who's actually it and, and very good. It's the black hole of Johnny Vegas and Aaron Wise, and even Harmon. Harmon gets ownership, Harman. but Aaron Wise gave people enough belief last week. I can't. Those two, I say Vegas Wise one two. Um, you know, flip them. Those are the two golfers. I never get right. Disagree? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm hoping that ownership goes to Matt Hughes um, because I actually, I, I want to play Johnny Vegas. Uh, the price is obviously tough. If he's going to be owned, it's going to be tough, but he rates out exceptionally well this week. 
um, as does Aaron Wise. And again, like the ball striking returned for Wise last week. The putting and the short game were bad. Um, but he's done really well here. I think he's made all three cuts in the top 30 all three years, if I remember correctly, or close to that. Um, and again, like, Where it's not of win? course we're going to have a ton of scoring, but he is going to make birdies. He won at Trinity Forest, right? Yeah. Which is odd. It was like a a a Lynx course on a dumpster in Texas. And super windy and fast, and he won, right? Yes, he did. How? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a weird course. We had a weird leaderboard. The field was bad also. Um, I don't remember the event much, but obviously, you know, he used the driver really well. That's not going to be There's how he's no going to get it done here. No shade, no trees. All right, so let's go. Let's go into the under-owned range in the sevens. And um, I got three circled, which I don't even have to talk about. Todd Thompson Kirk auto plays every week. But Kirk will not be under owned. Eh, I mean, let's talk about what under owned and over owned or chalk means on this podcast. Do you mean okay? Over 15, I'd say, is chalk. Under 15 is not. Well, see, that's just, that's just. Too easy a way to do it. It's, okay, so you just you just brain shamed me there, but that's the way you do. It. Go ahead. It's relative to the other people in ownership in that area, right? Okay. So, like, Glover for example, will be higher. No, so let's go. For example, in the six Ks, if a guy is like, let's go like low, like sixty five hundred. If a guy is eight percent, mm-hmm. and every other guy who's around him is point one percent, well, then eight percent is over owned, even though. You would, even though an eight percent guy who's ten k, you're like, wow, he's incredible. So, isn't it relative to everyone? And I didn't, I wasn't trying to shame you or whatever you, no, you were calling I, it. No, but I'm saying is that is that it's I he, no, he, I'm a little bit. I'm context. Ex- he's I'm ex- lower owned than Lucas I'm just, Glover. I'm exasperated, not because of you, because I've had this conversation with Ryan for right. five years, and <laughs> I'm, I'm frustrated. Me into this. No, but you you know because I know you're on the same way. You always say the same thing, yeah. and I, I always well, it, I, well, well two things. Let me, let me let me let me counter because 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 I get my statement. This is like a Senate and Judiciary panel. I was like, I get my statement. Fine, rebuttal. Okay, rebuttal. You're a lawyer. You know this. That's why I said rebuttal. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> I was going to say something about it's very simple in the law and have you say I don't know if that is. Um, so Lucas Glover I think is going to be more higher more more owned than Chris Kirk number one so that 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 checks the box in your argument number two I, I'm thinking about this globally in terms of the lineup so if if, Clerk, if Kirk is twelve percent okay let's say let's say 10 for all intents and purposes and to help my argument one in every 10 lineups says Kirk to me, that's low regardless of the pricing around him. If he's one in every 10 lineups, that's better than one in every fucking three. I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you in the sense that um, I don't think you have to move off him just because it's 12%. It right. was more that, you we went into this conversation about what are some under-owned seven K plays and you pointed out one of the highest owned seven K no, plays. I didn't that, say under owned. I didn't say that at all. I'm Remember just gonna make one amendment play. here. I said my plays. Okay. Chris Kirk is going to be the highest owned. No way. In the entire seven K range. No way. Thank you. Absolutely. He will be higher than I think Lover will be owned, absolutely. Um I will say Chris Kirk is 
17%. Not even your Aaron Rye gambit? Uh, people will play Rye. I don't know if he'll get to 10. I'm saying Chris Kirk at 17%. Wow. Mayo's on him. Everyone's on him. People are betting him. He's got course history. People just like playing Chris Kirk for some reason. 14.5 market. Um, so what about Aaron Rye then, Josh? I am I am very much on Aaron Rye, and I I wanted to get off him, but Ryan made the point. He said, "If you're going to play him in the 4400 last, which I did last week, mm-hmm. then I have to play him in the freaking Honda." So I guess I have to play him. Radko Gouda scored. That's a killer, absolute death punch. He scored. Yep. Oh, yep. Fuck. Yep. High projected, you know, points per defenseman. He's going to goal. That's it. Montour, Ekblad, dead. Dead. Um, the only other names that I will give you, I mean, I think we all kind of like the same guys. I, I'm also going to play Thompson and Todd, and I may play some Fowler as well, but the high sevens, the two guys that I like most there are going to be Pan and Cage Lee. A little bit of course history, a little bit of form, just guys who I think will fit the mold of this course really well. Um, I expect both of them to have a little bit of ownership, but I mean, nothing over 8 to 10%, I wouldn't think. You want to know who the play is in the sevens? Grayson Sig. We like Grayson Sig. Player, yeah, we do. A player described Grayson Sig to me. He said, he said, think of Jason Duffner, and there's your Grayson Sig, which Jason Duffner is great iron player. Great putter. Has never missed a cut at this golf course. No, chip on it. He just doesn't give a fuck. You were close with Grayson Sig. It also starts with a G and has two Gs in the last name. Taylor Moore? (laughs) Garrett Higo. Yeah, I like Higo. That's the lefty swing. He's a big. I think he'll pick up some steam too. He's a name when people have, have seen him win. They like rostering him, you know, played well in Phoenix, but I'm on Higo as well. That is, I play him every freaking slight. Um, all right, go to the sixes. I'm um, I'm not even gonna comment here because this is this is your magic time. Austin Smotherman projected ten percent. It's that's chalk. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's nuts. That's absolutely, I actually incredible. I liked him until I saw that. Until I saw that, that is absurd. Um, that's got to be wrong. Rogers. It's <laughs> no. He's, it's We're done. We're done. No, Rogers the flop sweat play of the week. I, I mean, he's just bad, and he's not even low owned. It's not like he's two percent. Well, I, oh, I let's see. He's what twice are, the ownership of like Matt Neesmith. Play Neesmith. We are playing Neesmith. Well, I'm going to fire off some names. You guys tell me if you don't like them. Okay. These are these are sub seven. Okay. Let's see. I have. Oh, they must have reset my pool when they put everyone else in. Mullinax. No. Yes. Thank you. Rogers, we've already gone over. Yes. Svensson. No. No. Yes. He's not even in the sixes, but yes. He, he is, but okay. Um, he's at 7,000. He's 68. Oh, that's DK Showdown. Fuck. Can we? Uh, all right, let's redo this segment. <laughs> Bad <laughs> More covered. Hagee. No. 
Actually, Seifert. It's like top five course history here for some reason. Yes on Seifert. Yes on Seifert. Um, did we say – I'm going to – you remember, you remember the rule we talked about? No one over 35? Mm-hmm. We're going to make – We're playing Harrington. No, we're playing Donald. I'll take Harrington over Donald straight up if you want. Just give me the 50-something. All right, fine. Um, yeah, I, I think we're pretty aligned. Ryan Armour, for me, uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to keep playing Kramer Hickok. I'm not sure why, but he's made both cuts here, and, you know, he's playing okay. Pick your winner, Ryan. My winner... Um, I'm going to say Shane Lowry. Okay. Josh? This will be my winner for the purposes of this pod, but not my um, 15 in a row winner's oh, streak. <laughs> hey, congrats on that streak. What do you have, 153 this year? Uh, I think 103 outright since uh, – uh, March 2nd, 2021. Just keep leaning into the bit, as I was told. Never quit or give up. I will go with... Oh, Patrick Line, I scored. Yes. Go ahead. Ooh, fuck. I have fucking Campbell. Um, I will go with Neiman. Okay. I'm going with Berger. Let's go. Love you, Sounds boys. Good. And thank you, Josh, for that microphone. You sound so good. That's fantastic. You sound amazing. You are welcome. You need that microphone. Ryan sounds like he's at a Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Talk to you at 306. <laughs> Sorry. It's, I stop recording and Nathan goes. 206? Yeah. See you in the podcast 100 from now. Barrel cut me. Only the best.